Hello, and welcome to another episode <laughs> of Swing at Shins, your Premier League podcast from across the pond. Sorry, uh, Rhett had coughed immediately as I did the 3-2-1 countdown. And, it and I'm sorry, but a professional would have been able to keep going. Yeah, I'm not so. a professional, so. You're not getting paid yet. Exactly. Uh, if there's any sponsors out there, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> that's that. why we're not getting paid, though, because they know. Oh, that's fair. Dang. Anyway, <laughs> uh, on today's episode, nope, just kidding. I want to introduce Rep first. This is why we don't have <laughs> sponsors. <laughs> uh, on today's episode, we have Rep. Rep, how are you doing? Nah, we're recording this on a Wednesday after an interesting Arsenal away match in Porto. I would say interesting indeed, considering they did not hold up the Arsenal end of the bargain for fans. No, no. And I have a lot of thoughts on that, but this is a Premier League podcast, so. Yeah, if you want to have a Champions League podcast, uh, let us know. and uh, Figure out how to drain your field. Going to start with that. Okay. Well, Going to follow up with 22 fouls? Are you kidding me? And then I'll be done. Okay, now we have Porto played. Porto, Porto executed your game plan. Porto executed their game plan. I will give and, them credit. Okay. And, uh, but we were the better team. On today's episode for the Premier League and not Champions League, we are going to do table talk, higher, lower, or the same edition. Uh, also, we'll actually talk about the World Cup being in New Jersey. I know we skipped it the last pod. Uh, we'll try to do better. We'll talk about blue cards and what that means. For everybody. Over under on how many Europeans end up in New York not knowing where MetLife is. 100. All of them. All of them. All of 100. 100 <laughs> Europeans are going to come watch the World Cup final and all of them are going to end up in New York City. Walking around Manhattan like, I don't know, it's a big stadium. <laughs> Trying to break into MSG. <laughs> that would be a fun... Could you imagine doing a futsal tournament in there? That'd be pretty bitching. I bet they do. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving to Man United's ascension. There's they've been doing pretty well. We'll talk about that. And Roy Hodgson's leaving. Still Hodgson. Damn it. We even practiced before. <laughs> we did. Right. Anyway, we'll talk Roy about Hodgson decided that his retirement year shouldn't be spent in the worst run club in London, mm. which is saying something because he's not at Chelsea. Mm, that's true too. <laughs> pretty sad. Um the table as it stands currently. Liverpool sitting first. Lower. Lower. Ooh, fun. Manchester City sitting second. 56 points. I hate it, but probably higher. Probably higher. I don't I want to believe and I have belief. Um so Liverpool just came off of a 4-1 win against Luton. That they did. What that scoreline doesn't tell you is that they were losing 1-0 for most of that match. They certainly were. And also it was at Anfield. But they won 4-1, and I'm not going to take that away from them. I just, they have seven injuries to their starting 11 right now. And as I don't think I don't think Liverpool has the legs. I just, I don't. They're, they're a team that's transitioning very well. Yes. And I give them a lot of credit for it. Like last year was a down year, but they're transitioning very well into this new group of players. Give them a ton of credit. I just don't know if they have the legs. And as much as I want to believe that Arsenal could do it, and I still think we can because our Premier League form has been amazing the past five games. Mm-hmm. This Porto match, just there's a way to beat Arsenal. There's still that way to beat Arsenal if you need to. 
There's a little deflation for sure. You're gonna have a shadow of a doubt for Arsenal at least. There's gonna. I don't. I don't see how we get a draw or a win in the Etihad right now. That's fair. That that's the issue. That's what it comes down to. I'm gonna say so. I never actually gave my same. Yeah, no, go for it. So Liverpool, I think, is actually going to stay the same. Do you think Liverpool's going to win the league? I'm going to die on that hill. I'm going to die on that hill all the way. Uh, Manchester City. I know they're four points clear of City right now, but City and Arsenal both have a game in hand. I just. Is it a game in hand or did they start the week early? It's a game in hand because Liverpool play. Oh, well, they did start the week early, but still, as it sits right now, they're four points clear, but it's a game in hand. So it's really it's probably one point clear because you know City has Bournemouth. Fair and it's City, and this is what City does every single year. Yes, they do. And you I will still say Liverpool stays first. I think the narrative of Klopp leaving and Woodsy's having, got in your ear, man. Nah, I just it's in there. I thought when the announcement for Klopp leaving, uh I thought that the players would back Klopp through and through. So I think that it, big losses at times, though. It's going to take a lot for big loss against Arsenal at the Emirates. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he. I get it. I get it. I understand the storyline, but I don't know if it's enough. I, I would. Let me. I will die on the hill, but I wouldn't be surprised if City end up first. Let's put it that way as well. So that's the asterisk on that stays the same. Also, City stay the same. Um, Arsenal, where do you have their sitting third currently with 55 points? Um, where do you have them? Higher or lower the same? Second or third. I need higher or lower the same. That's not how this game is going. I'll say higher. Oh, higher. I think I again I and it's not that Liverpool's a bad team. Again, if everyone could stay healthy the entire year, mm-hmm. that's one thing. I think Liverpool has too many injuries. And we saw it happen to Arsenal last year. It's just too many injuries. Arsenal starting eleven lost to nobody last year. Like that's their prime starting eleven. But mm-hmm. we had no depth. And depth or not, seven plus injuries to Liverpool. They're in an EFL Cup final on Sunday. Yeah, they're doing it again. And then they're gonna they're in the FA Cup. They're going for Europa and they're going for the league. And that's an awful lot for a squad that wasn't deep enough to do it two years ago mm-hmm. and is more shallow now than it was. It's also tough. Definitely for more injured. Right now, because they do not have Allison Becker currently. He is injured, I believe, and I don't yeah, he's got a hammy injury. He's got a hammy injury. You can so only go tough. so far in hopes and dreams. Yeah. Uh, I kind of forgot about that, but I still die on the Liverpool side right now. And that, yeah, well, that's the other thing. Liverpool's in too many competitions again. They just are. They want to give Klopp the best sending that they can. Uh, uh, one other thing that I think is worth mentioning is the goal difference race is very interesting because this is the tightest I've seen the goal difference race in a long time. Yeah. Liverpool with a game in hand of 38. City at 25 played have 32. Arsenal at 25 played have 36. Yep. That's tight. And if we're going to use that as a barometer of how well we expect you to perform over the rest of the season, man, like, how do you pick a team? Like, you're, we're picking City based on the fact that it's City and they have Pep and they have Kevin De Bruyne. And honestly, if City had, had Kevin De Bruyne for the first half of the season, their goal difference would be higher. 
you know, higher, so. and they'd be sitting in first, and we wouldn't have this discussion about Liverpool being top or. Yeah, that's the other thing. So. Liverpool is getting weaker. Arsenal, while good in the Premier League, has ground to make up and is in a Champions League right now. Still, that I don't know if we're necessary. I think we're prepared for it. Again, I have a lot of thoughts on the Porto match, but whatever. City is prime city doing all the things they do. They're coming off a trouble win. They got healthier. Yeah. You know? Hey, mm. It's Like I said, it's tough not to say City will win the league. Um, also, Arsenal has. Yeah. And also, Arsenal have Party and Timber and Tomiyasu all coming back. That's. Kivior no longer has to start, so that's pretty helpful. On to, on to Aston Villa, sitting fourth currently with forty-nine points, higher, lower, the same. Yeah, I know this is a tough one too. You don't have to. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I understand if because I'm not certain either. There have been a, a relative amount of. My heart says the same. My head says lower. Mm-hmm. But the only reason why my head says lower is because I think United has one of those fucking runs in them. And I think they're going to pit fourth place again. I wouldn't be surprised about that either. Um, I don't think I don't think Spurs has it in them to overtake Villa. And again, Spurs fans have got to understand they are punching way above where they should have been punching. Both those teams currently are punching. Well, I'm really impressed with the engine Spurs, especially with the injuries they had. I'm really impressed. They're better off at this point of the season now than they were last year. Absolutely. Only three points. And goal differential wise, they're scoring way more goals than they were last season as well. They were pretty much a, a zero goal differential and sitting in yeah, they were. fourth, fifth. They really were. Now they're more of a show and it's enjoyable to actually, I'm going to say enjoyable to watch them. For all those Spurs fans, for I, they're good at scoring. They've scored fifty-two goals over twenty-five matches. Arsenal and City have scored fifty-eight. Yeah, Liverpool have scored sixty-three, but Liverpool—I mean, technically, City have let in more than Liverpool, but uh, Liverpool is yeah. just a little bit more open. I think yep. that's yep. their style of play, and it suits them. I—I I don't know. I think Villa. Villa goes down one, Spurs go down one, United goes up two. I think that's how I feel. I think, and this, I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> I think this. So I think the first three teams right there, and I understand Villa still could technically <laughs> be in the title by like minimal percentages, and just as much as Spurs and United, minimal percentages. The top three is fun to watch, but that four, five, six turn right there extremely fun yeah. to watch because they're all within relative talent of each other. The top three is fun. Yeah, I agree. The top three is fun to watch because we actually have three teams who can go for a title. Right. But the top four race is going to be super fun again. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's going to be like one of those where Lester had it for fourth forever and then they end up dying twice in two years. Um, I'm going to say, ugh, I know I'm wearing this badge. And it's going to pain me to say, I think they're going to, they're going to, I think it's lower and I think it's going to be fifth and not, not, yeah, I think it's going to be. So down we're down. not homers. We're not like blind homers on this, Matt, on this podcast. I would like, yes, don't get me wrong. I have this flag. I have a Leon Bailey Jersey. It's it, it kills me to say 
that they'll not be in Champions League because that's that's a lot of money they're going to lose out on in that opportunity. But that's a well, we could we could they get fifth depending on how teams fare. Probably not because it, I think it would take City, Liverpool. I think I forget. I don't know exactly the machinations of how the quota and the whatever with its leagues. But if like there's a chance to get five teams, five Premier League teams in the Champions League next year, I believe. So is that next year? Or is that actually like current? Doesn't it start 2024, 25? Hold on. I'm actually looking it up right now. Um, on that note, Spurs. Well, I mean, you've already said Spurs will move down one into the seventh. So that's lower. I also think um, lower as well because that's just how that math works out. Uh, and we also know United will move up for the both of us <laughs> at least. Um, so on to the next team. I wish I had my window up. It'll Brighton. be Brighton, higher, lower, or the same. Same. I I feel I'm feeling lower, but I think that's because Newcastle will flip flop with them. Maybe. But it, I can see it. Those, I can see it. Those two will flip flop between each other. I don't think there's also. I was really feeling, I was feeling same till West Ham, but yeah. Then West Ham lose what five nil, and then they lose again two three nil. I think it was hold on two nil against Forest, six nil against Arsenal, and then before that they lose three nil against United. And then they've only picked up two points in the last five, so they're having a real rough stretch right now. Yeah. Uh, and Chelsea is starting to play up. Well, you mean play how they should be playing? How no, I mean play up. I said what I said. <laughs> no, the, I love seeing memes too, and it's like Chelsea always being in 10th and high-fiving each other. Yeah. 10th, 10th, yeah. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in 10th. Again, their goal difference is one. Yeah, it's not ideal. And and watching Nicholas Jackson play, he's got like all the speed in the world, and he's just got like the gracefulness of a seal. Sometimes it's just they're so ten five and ten through twenty five. They have a goal difference of one. I just they're completely they're they play like a completely average team. You know, we talk about teams being greater than the sum of their parts. Mm-hmm. You know, a team that can play up, a team that isn't just their goalkeeper plus their defenders plus their midfield, but but they there's a cohesion to it. A perfect example of this is while they did have great players who went on to have very good careers, when Leicester City won, that was a team that was greater than the sum of its parts. Chelsea is a team that's worse than the sum of its parts. Yeah, they're, I don't know. It's you look at the names and you look at the transfer fees. Yeah. And then 10th? Again, we've talked a lot of reasons as to why. It's embarrassing. Um, They're even on points with Wolves. The only reason why they're ahead is because Wolves have a negative one goal difference. Yep. That's all I got. Yeah, that's all that needs to be really said. Um, I looked up the qualification. It says, as of February 2024, the Premier League's top four teams will automatically qualify for the 24-25. In addition, Germany will receive Germany, Spain, and Italy will receive four spots. So, okay. I, 
At some then, point, then, I on, know. Let me read the next paragraph. In 23-24 Premier Leagues, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth place teams will qualify for the Champions League. This could be the fifth qualifying spot for the Premier League for the first time in this competition's history. Yeah. It's just weird to see that FOTMOB hasn't really updated it. And also, no, they, they haven't. Well, FOTMOB also doesn't even include the whole uh, Conference League. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, they don't even have so whatever. Yeah, get your S together, guys. Put it in the bag. And I don't even know Take if that's back. for sure yet. I just know that's a possibility. I mean, so I just read AI just like an AI generated suggestion just told me what was right. <laughs> what do you wanted to hear? <laughs> yeah, right. All right, Thanks so Chelsea probably higher than West Ham. Um, yeah, I could see them being ninth and then West Ham sitting 10th. So it's I could see Chelsea finishing eighth because Newcastle and Chelsea could both overtake Brighton. I could see that. That's interesting news. I think Wolves stays the same. Yep. I think that's a good big jump to Fulham. I think Fulham, Bournemouth, Brentford all make sense to me. I think that Brentford could go down. Ooh. Ooh, well, because they've been well, look, Brentford, Palace, Forest, and Everton are all within five points of each other. It's pretty gross. Here, Everton is only ahead of Luton Town in the relegation zone because of goal difference. And, you know, FFP point deductions. Because Everton should really be 12th. Yeah. Um, I will say that Bournemouth will sit 12th at the end of the season. Well, I mean, I think they'll sit 12. Yeah, hate Fulham, so it doesn't count. Hey, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, this bottom race is going to be interesting because it's a lot of mainstay Premier League teams like Crystal Palace and teams that should be should be mainstayed like Brentford and Forest and Everton. But um, I really didn't take a look at this and see how – that 18 slot is going to be crazy. Whoever that one, it's 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 Burnley and Sheffield United at the bottom. They're going to remain the same. It doesn't matter. But that Burnley Palace big match this weekend. Mm. If Burnley I, beat if Burnley beat Palace, Palace I think is going down. Ooh, I really do. I think it's that simple. I I don't have any trust in Palace right now, and it's because of the way the organization's run. Brentford is trying to win. Forrest is trying to win. Everton is only here because of a point deduction. Mm-hmm. You know, I Luton Town is playing. They they have the lead for most of the match at Anfield. I understand they lost 4-1. They played up against the Big Six. Yes, they do. The most stressful match of the season happened at Kenilworth Road for Arsenal. Like, I can see them having the grit to get the goal that they need to get. I don't see that fight in Palace. Yeah, Palace just have it, – it's difficult because Palace always sit around this range anyway. So it's like, do we expect the same thing over and over again, or is it – Palace usually is more than going? five points clear of the relegation zone at this point. They're usually like 13th, 14th, and there's usually more of a – there's usually more separation. The that's bottom true. of the Premier League's tight. No, that's that's true. 
I, I was thinking to myself earlier too. I was like, man, it doesn't seem this bottom of the table doesn't seem as tight as it was last year. And now that you brought it up, I think I was wrong. I think it's the last season was tight because three spots there, there wasn't a team that was specifically going to go down. That's how I felt anyway. You know what I mean? Like all three of those spots were available. Now it's, it feels like two teams are going to go down and who's going to get that last one. Yeah. And that, and there's also at this point last year, we were talking about how tight the relegation battle could end up being. Yeah. And some teams separated themselves from the pack. Yep. Some teams just straight up created that separation and there's still time. Obviously we have 13 matches from most teams Mm -hmm. still to play. So there's still plenty of time for a Brentford or a force or an Everton. I mean, let's be honest. I don't think Everton's going to go down. The only reason why Everton's here is because of a point deduction. I think that when it, when it comes down to it and I thought Everton were going to go down at the beginning of the season, me too. You can run the tape back. I had them like for sure going down because again, for the third straight year, they did not do apparently anything to improve themselves. And they had just squeaked out of it last time. But the way they played this year, I think Everton will have enough. Of course, they did improve themselves. His name's Sean Dyche. Yeah, I was going to say Sean Dyche is the guy who... Also, they got rid of Mope, and you don't need that cancer on your team. No, keep Beto and uh, Dominic Calvin and... There's another guy in there, another striker. I can't think of his name. I'll botch it. Hold on, give me two seconds. And don't count because it's not going to be two seconds. Um, Tremiti? You said sure. Tremiti? Sure. I know I didn't. I'm not going to pretend to pronounce his name. I do have a question for you. Yeah, go for it. What do you think happened to Burnley? I'm going to be honest. I, I have been working a lot more this year. I have two kids. I moved into a house. I have a lot of excuses. I have not watched the Premier League as closely this year as last year. I don't know what happened to Burnley. Because they were the best team by a fucking mile in the championship. And their level on points was Sheffield United right now. So I think it's a couple things. I think that they didn't they didn't keep those quality loans that they had. Like um he had a lone player from last season from Southampton. I can't remember his name, but he was tearing it up for them. Didn't keep him. Um, they they were able to get James uh, McAtee, but I think he's just unpolished right now. I think they went about it in the sense that I think we're either going to be good enough with what we have or we're not going to be good enough and we're going to try again next year. Something like that. And I also think there's arrogance in Vincent Coppone who just doesn't want to adapt. Is that? I think that's fair to say. I haven't seen anything. I feel like he's just beating his head against the wall at this point. I can see it. There is. You you do see this happen with a lot of teams. You see this happen with a lot of teams that, well, I think it's just a young coach. There's that too. You know, like right right now he's getting his legs, his feet wet. And Burnley's squad isn't that great either. I, I, I overestimated them. I I honest, uh, in the beginning of the season when we had our, um, 
table predictions for the year. I really thought well, they were going to be was better. Easy. You, you, and I, I thought that they were going to perform better against their other relegation opponents. Yeah, that's where I thought they had it. I didn't think that they were going to come up and be a mid-table team, but I thought that against everyone else in the relegation zone, they were going to outperform. You know, I'm not going to do it away at Anfield or the Eddie Hat or the Emirates, but I'm going to be able to do it away at Kenilworth Road because I know Kenilworth Road. I was just there, mm-hmm. and I, they haven't. They just haven't. I mean, 13 points, that's not good. I think there's also a little bit of give up right now. I don't know if their goalkeeping was great either. Just a lot of things were very subpar. And I think you were right. I think it was the we we get what we we have what we have and if we stay up, great. If we don't, well, we've got Premier League money and we'll try to yo-yo this for this season into next into next. So see what happens. Um, but speaking of it, just took a gander at the championship and uh we'll be seeing Lester again next year. Oh absolutely. Lester's absolutely a night. Lester and um another relegation. No, it, well Southampton's up there. That's who I was thinking of. Leeds. Yep. But Lester's nine points clear of Leeds. Oh, Lester's absolutely killing it. And they're a team that should have never really gone down to begin with. But that that's what poor poor front office does. And I think there was a little bit of latency with firing um, Brendan Rodgers as well. I, he should have been fired. I was going to say, so. you saved poor front office. You, you had the team to stay up. Oh, well, you did not have the team to compete necessarily for top 10. Definitely didn't have the team to compete for top five anymore like they were. But you had the team to stay up. Yes. I, I think do not like Brendan Rodgers as a coach. Yeah. Uh, he did good for them for a few seasons, and then I think he just kind of floundered a lot. Like I, I, He was floundering with the sell of Yuri Tielemans and um, – James Madison, and he never really capitalized on their uh, skills. He then went out and bought uh, not quality players. Uh, what is his name? Vest- Vestigard? No. Hold on. I'm, I'm blowing a brain funk right now. I might be able to look this up quick enough. He played for Southampton. Yeah, you do this thing where I never know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's okay. I, he's he's like Norwegian. So they didn't get the right player in. Yeah. And I get that, but I still don't think. Work. You look at they the over, team they had. They overpaid the players. I know, but that was, it was still it was a better quality team. Should not they were one that. of those like teams who, when they came up, they sold – Riyad Mahrez after he had left. They sold Danny Drinkwater. They sold Nicola Conte. They had that um, that mindset where I'm trying to think of what team is currently. In. I know, but they were still in the league for years after Hold they on. sold Nicola Conte. They were like what currently Brighton are doing. And yeah, they did take advantage of Chelsea. Yeah, Don't get Brighton's me wrong. I, we understand that. But that's the game plan that they're doing currently buy these players for cheap get them premier league 
experience and talent and if they great if they pan out great if not then that you only paid a little bit for them anyway and make money off of those players it, it we all know we all all premier league fans know that english taxes for real and anybody who is bought for three million will be 13 to 25 million two years down the road it doesn't matter that's just the way it is and that's how lester had been feeding into their finances they're feeding their finances and also um covid really hit them really hard and this isn't me anymore this is um i can't think of their names t-foil t-foil i did a little bit on the um why lester had been doing so bad um they had a travel agency as their main their owner was a travel agency and it took oh a yeah really they siphoned a lot of money from one to the other it took a really big hit during covid and a lot of it snowballed into that so there was a lot of financial issues that really so what did you call them t-foil t-foil t-fo t-fo t-i-f-o yeah i thought it was t-foil though t-fo Okay. Okay. So <laughs> before everyone loses their mind, we don't have TFOs in America. I mean, the MLS is kind of doing it, but a TFO is the big graphic that all the fans put together mm-hmm. that they you have really in the away stands. That's called a TFO. The MLS is starting more, to do it. Yeah. You see but, more in yeah. like uh, Poland and Germany and sometimes in Spain. You don't really see it that often in the Premier League. I think they do it less no, often you know. than. The MLS uh, might do it more, but we don't even watch the MLS. No, I do not. I, I, it was, it's practically the same time to drive to an MLS stadium as it would be for me to fly to London. So, That's true. Anyway, uh, before we get to – we'll talk about Jersey in the World Cup final real quick. Yeah. Before we get to that, Brentford Palace, Forest, Everton, Luton. Who's going down? Uh, sorry, I don't have my table up anymore. You don't need the table. I just told you the teams. Brentford Palace, Forest, Everton, Luton. Right out the brain. Brentford, Palace, Forest, Everton, Luton. Who's going down? Uh, as you see right now. No. Yeah. No, Luton's too good. I don't know if that's true. You want you want Klopp to win another Premier League in his final team, but you don't want Luton to stay up. That's messed of up. Of course I want Luton that's to stay up. up. That's not- no, no, no. You already picked a team based on wants and dreams and narrative. I don't want to hear it. Uh, anyway, World Cup final is going to be <laughs> in Joyzy. New Jersey. Joyzy. Joyzy. Sorry. You I- know where it should have been? Uh, Florida. No. In the summer? Are you kidding? Get out of here. Uh, Toronto. No, the big house. Oh, hundred and hundred thousand plus. Right, you were talking about this. I would have looked. Why not? They fill up that stadium for college football. We can't fill up that stadium for a World Cup final. Are you kidding oh, me? Certainly would. Half the world just went to Qatar or Qatar or however you pronounce that. In the middle of it was one hundred and twenty degrees. We couldn't get people to go to Ann Arbor, Michigan? Come on. No, would have been amazing. I would have loved the big house. That being said, I don't hate my life. My life makes a lot of sense. It's practically New York. And yes, that's right, Jersey. You are an appendage to New York. And nobody likes you. You are <laughs> literally our appendix. You're where we put all of our nasty bacteria. Mm. And for whatever reason, a football stadium. Mm-hmm. But I, I like it. I'm glad that the problem that they had is they're going to want to do it on a football field and they're going to want to do it in an NFL football field. 
it, it just is. The dimensions are close, you know? So all the baseball stadiums are out, yeah, right? Yep. I just think that they should have opened it up more to college than NFL because NFL is going to have the better facilities, but there's a lot of enormous college stadiums I think would have been great. But the problem is you can't do it in Vegas. It's a dome. You can't yep. do it in SoFi. It's a dome. You can't do it in Houston. It's a dome. I guess you could have done hard rock in Miami, but you're not doing it in New Orleans. You're not doing it in Atlanta. You know, no one's going to the shithole that the commanders play in. No, no one's, you cannot get a hundred thousand fans in and out of Foxborough. That would be an absolute mess. I think so. Really, it comes down to if you're not going to do a college stadium, MetLife was the only stadium that they were going to pick. Why do you think that they didn't pick a college? Is it because facilities? Oh, oh it's nicer. football, NFL stadiums, there's a higher quality of everything. There's, there's a yeah, higher quality of concessions, there's going to be a higher quality. You're going to get people in and out better because in the NFL. In college, college football is a business, and it has been for a long, long time, and everybody knows it. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> you you are going to have all the better facilities and infrastructure for an NFL stadium than you are ever going to have. No, for enough. you know, you can't get guys in and out of M and T Bank. Nor do I think M and T Bank was necessarily big enough. You know, right? So it's just you you run out. Like Minnesota would be great. They played a Super Bowl there. Mm-hmm. Love that stadium. We're not playing the World Cup final in a dome. It's that simple. I mean, soccer. I feel like soccer <sighs> is never really meant to be in a dome, anyway. Well, neither was football, but well, in America, we life. don't care. No. We care about quality. <sighs> we care about fan experience. Actually, uh, we do not. We don't care about quality grass. No, and we definitely don't care too. about our players' ACLs. That's the thing too that they're going to have to do is. Um, so for people who are soccer fans and don't um, know football as well, American football, a lot of the fields are turf, meaning that in order for the football stadiums that are being in use, current currently in use, they have to, they don't have to, but they're going to need to transition. No, they have to. Okay, so they have that is a stipulation, and it has always been a stipulation. FIFA will not allow soccer to be played on anything other than grass. So they're gonna have to rip out, not rip out, roll up all of their current turf to put in either a hybrid turf grass or all grass field. And maybe MetLife was MetLife. The Giants, Jets were always going to do that, and they just needed the incentive to actually do. No, that. they'll put down turf when they're done. You think so? They're going to rip it right back up again. Turf is a one-time. It is almost. It is as close to a one-time purchase of landscaping that you could ever have. That's, That's the issue. Look at what Arizona has to do to keep grass. Yeah. It is so much work, and this is the other thing. What happens at MetLife? What happens at Foxborough? It snows. It's cold. And there's concerts. Yeah, all of those. And there's monster truck rallies. Mm. And there's another concert. And there's the stadium series where they put down ice. And it's just anything you can put down. If I can cover this, and when I uncover it, it's going to look and play exactly the same. Mm -hmm. I, I understand the financial incentive. 
The issue is just it's not what's best for the players. I actually think the best one to one is when baseball a baseball team hosts the All Star game, and after the All Star game is done, you can see where traffic has been most on that yeah. field, like grass is matted down and dead, or And also, it doesn't look as good. Football does everything they can to be as pristine as possible. I was going to say, it looks like it's kind of dead or or discolored because they go out and spray it uh, to make it look like it matches the grass out there currently. So, I don't know. I guess they're probably right. They will probably transition back to this will be a one-time use, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure they will. I, I think this is how it went down. His here the West Coast gets either the West Coast gets all of the United States games because I don't know if everybody knows that all of the United States games are hosted on the West Coast, and the East Coast gets the World Cup final or vice versa. So they got to fight over that. Which which one is going to be the more money making game or set of games? And I think it's actually going to still be the World Cup final. It's going to. Be I have game. another. I will. I also think the reason why that most American games are on the West Coast is because most, and I'm not saying this in a derogatory way, but most immigrants are on the Central and East. A lot of East Coast. In New Jersey, we played a match, a World Cup leading into 2018. We played a match against, I believe it was Panama. It was like an away game. I think it was at MetLife. It was like an away game. So you're going to have more fans of foreign teams on the East Coast than you will the West Coast because the East Coast has more Europeans and the West Coast has more from Asia. Mm-hmm. And more Asian teams will not be in it. It is, it's, that, it's that simple. There's going to be more European and South American teams and those Fans are more predominantly in the East Coast, and not not all, but more of them are. Well, it's also the time too. So, like, if the match starts at, oh, yeah, it's a hundred percent the time too. Yeah. So then it'll be eight o'clock in England, and mm-hmm. you know, whatever time it is from there. So I think it's it's the time difference as well, and I think for Americans to be able to watch, um. America, United States team play on the West Coast, and West Coast is the best they coast. For... No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. It's because you can get all of the all. If they all play the a three o'clock game, if they play a three o'clock game, it's a six o'clock start for the yes. East Coast. You can get all of the viewerships. That's it, it. Is that simple? Well, and, and it is that, but that's also. I mean, it's both hand in hand. It's just geographical areas. Yeah. Sure. But um, if we're playing the World Baseball Classic in America again, and we want to get the most Cubans to come watch the Cuban national team, what city do you put that game in? Miami, easy. It's Miami. It's just <laughs> it's, it's just the way it is. Yeah, oh yeah. It's just absolutely the way it is. The Italian team better play in New York. Yep. You know, it's, if, if Italy makes it, that's where they're playing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if an Irish team makes it, they better be in Foxborough because holy crap. Oh my God! They might actually like beat each other with shillelaghs and Sweden better play in Minnesota. Take the take the roof off. I don't oh, care. That'd be so cool. <laughs> that'd be fun. All right, uh, moving on. Yeah, I was gonna say we wrap that up pretty much. Blue cards. 
Blue cards. You want to go first? See, I have the original. I'm going to hold on. Hold on. Give me two seconds. I'm, two seconds is my thing today, I guess. Uh, I have the yellow card. I have red cards. I don't have blue cards yet. This is a yeah. I, I really, I really like the American. That uh, that red card is very orange. Uh, that red yeah, card is very orange. It looks. I like, know. I open it up and like the bandana sick. I love the shirt. Yeah. And then I saw the red card and it like did not even register as a red card. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, so like orange, okay. And I saw the yellow, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this whole blue card thing. It's another. It's another thing that refs have to now think about, or would have to think about now. Not only do they have to think about what is a yellow, what is a red, but Orange. what is a blue? What what constitutes blue at this point? Who? Who, what, yeah, what constitutes a blue? What foul? So, a blue? a blue card is supposed to be a cynical foul, okay? But that's that's a yellow, that's a yellow card, so we're okay with that, okay? So, now, now we're now we're into <sighs> it's all it's now, kind of now we're down. now we're into what it is, it, it is it's user discretion. I work in corporate America. I work for a Fortune 100 company, and I hear buzzwords all the time. I hear we need to educate. I hear we need to provide tools. I need. I hear all those things. Right? Those they're buzzwords. There, there are things that people say because it sounds like the thing you should say to fix the problem. You know what fixes the problem? People doing things fix the problem. If you take away all the tools for someone to do something, that is a problem. But the answer isn't to give them more tools and more tools and more tools that do things that other tools do. The answer is to let them run the game the way they're supposed to. This is the issue. There's nothing that a blue card would be put out for that a properly used yellow card earlier in the game would not have already stopped. Bingo. And I say that as someone who does not hate the idea of a blue card. Like, inherently. In a vacuum. If you'd say... It, like if we had learned about blue cards and yellow cards and red cards growing up, I would not hate the idea of a blue card. I think a blue card can make a ton of sense. Okay. I like the idea of a sin bin. I think that there are, I think that some fouls you should be taken off the field for it. I, I think it, it is a little bit all or nothing. And I understand soccer has always been that way with their subs, with red cards, whatever. I do not hate the idea of sin bins. Maybe that's because Rodri would be in a sin bin for half the match. I don't know. Oh, but I don't hate the idea inherently of sin bins. What I do hate, or Casemiro, or let's be frank, before he got his head screwed on trait, Xhaka would live in a sin bin. It would be the Xhaka bin. That's what we would call it at the Emirates. It would be the Xhaka bin. And I honestly we would probably actually put it down as a Xhaka bin in writing on the thing. I don't hate the idea, but the problem is improperly used yellow cards. And I, I, and I know he's picking the Arsenal thing, but this is like the perfect example. Rodri's two tackles early in the Arsenal Manchester City match this season. Those were both yellows. And if they were both given as yellows, we would not have had a problem. But I know one of them would be given as a blue card now. 
and it it's improper. And the other thing is like, oh, we'll stop crowding the ref. The refs have the right to yellow card any player who's not the captain who comes and yells at them. Sure. Start yellow carding those players, and the problem will go away. You already have the tools. Just use them. Yep. So, yeah, I don't like the idea of another tool. We have a problem. What's the problem? The problem is the refs aren't properly using their tools. So what do we do? I know. We're going to give them another tool. (laughs) It's how we do stuff. It's the same thing with everything. You know, man, we're not spending our money well. What do we do? Well, let's give more money. So my problem is also it's a 10 for those of you who don't know it's a 10 minute uh sending off into the sin bin. I I I should have read more into this and I feel bad that I didn't. Um here's my problem is that what if a team scores during that 10 minutes? Is it used as like how hockey does where they go on a No, it's not a power play. So that's how I think that's... It's used like rugby. It's... Which is where the term sin bin comes from. Oh, really? Cool. Yep. Didn't know. Rugby players get it. Although that's a yellow. If you oh, get a yellow okay. in rugby, you, sin, I, you get in a sin bin. I do remember vaguely talking about this maybe with Woodsy about... Uh, maybe it was you, the rugby foul situations or something like that. Anyway, um, I, see, I would be okay with like a five or ten minute... Probably a five minute, honestly, foul. Okay. And with a blue card. And then if that team scores within that five minutes, you come back on. No, I don't like the idea of power plays. I think that would be fun as a power play. It's like a 10 minute. No, it doesn't need to be more fun. Sure. That's an issue. That, when we start talking about how do we make the game more fun, you just don't like the game anymore. I'm not saying that's what you're saying. I know it's a fun idea, like a what if. But that's not what I need the people at the highest levels of the games making decisions about. But they're already giving blue cards. Why not just do it with the power play involved? Fuck it. No, no, not fuck it. No. <laughs> Stop it. Not fuck it. Either sin bin or don't. And I don't think that they're ever going to sin bin at the highest level. That was the thing, too, here. Um, it, it was being implemented in uh, – international and lower leagues to see if it actually would work out. It doesn't, it's not going to immediately be in, uh, introduced to the highest levels here. It, it's got to go through trials to see if it even actually works. So this might actually never, never happen. And we're talking. Well, I'm about- also a little bit worried about that because there are times that I trust the refs at lower levels more. Oh, so it's well, like, they they're implementing it well, they're implementing it well. Yeah. Right. Well, and I can't true. trust, you know, I can't trust the guys on the top level. I'm not going to name names, but I can't trust the guys at the top level to implement it well. Um, I, it's just it's it's a complete Simon Hooper. It is a problem. It is a solution to a problem that already has a solution, but we've refused to use the solution that's built into the game. So we will com- create a new solution that only causes angst. Instead of using the solution that's built into the game. So this kind of feels like the whole VAR situation, essentially. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a tool. No, because tool. no, be- yeah. No, it is a tool, but no, no, because VAR came from the same place that all video review came from. Right? You and I are baseball fans. 
You've seen Jackie Robinson steal home on Yogi Berra. I have. Every single time I watch that, I can't tell if he's safe or out. Oh, the dust is too high. Every single time I watch it, I get a different thought in my head about whether it's safe or out. Honestly, it's poor. And it was uh, a beautiful thing then when you just had to trust the umpire. It was beautiful and it was great. But now we have 15 different camera angles. And we can only use Where we can... We, well... <laughs> which is part of the problem with VAR. <laughs> but we, we have the ability to make sure that a title doesn't get decided because everybody but the ref knew that a guy got fouled or everybody but the ref knew that the ball was out or everybody but the ref saw the handball. You know what changed what would fix this is they use the Apple Apple goggles. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, and also people's biggest problem with VAR is that it takes too long. Yeah, you know what? If you want the uh, thing to be right, then it's going to take a while. And if it's going against your team, I bet you'd sit there and wait 10 minutes. Champions League final penalties gets given, even though he gets uh, hits the guy's chest instead of his arm. But ah, eh, just let him take it. This is taking too long. No, no, it that's a bullshit excuse. Can we speed it up? Sure, but we try to speed it up too much. You get Liverpool, Tottenham from early in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it is imperfectly implemented, but the idea itself is not inherently bad. And I would go as far to say that the idea itself is necessary. I do not like the fact that it is necessary. I do not wish that we had it, but it is necessary. I think it's a better tool than blue cards anyway. It is. Well, they're also, it's also not, it's not like, well, we had VAR, but then we came out with BAR and it's this, but only for these challenge. Like, it's not that. Thank God. Mm -hmm. The same thing that happened in baseball, like football, football did what's fun. What if we make the coaches challenge, but then we take a timeout away? See, that's fun, right? Like, that's like the ooh, There's what if thing. Well, yeah. But like when baseball did it, it was the same thing. There were like three plays that season. It was 2013. There were like three plays a season before a base uh, video review got implemented in baseball where a game-winning run was scored at home, and he should have been out. There were like three separate times where the runner was clearly tagged out, and everybody but the umpire saw it. Mm-hmm. And it, it was literally game-winning runs in each scenario. It's like, well, all right, I guess we got to get it right now mm-hmm. because five seconds after the fact, 40,000 fans in the stadium can see that the guy was out. Also, if it wasn't for VAR and goal-line technology and touch-line technology, Japan doesn't make it through. We don't have one of the best stories of the World Cup. It was pretty fun. I still don't understand how the ball was in, but I also don't argue it anymore either. Yeah, after Newcastle. Again, I can believe that ball was in. I just don't understand why we don't have the same technology. Uh, why can't we see it? Oh, it's yeah. St. James's Park. It's not a shithole. It's an We're enormous stadium Yolo. that fits 70,000 people. Yeah, it's not Yolo. You know? <laughs> get, get it in. Get We're it not in. I'm talking about Accrington. We have goal line technology. Just do it again, but extend it on the other side of the poles. This isn't Bolton. <laughs> This isn't Bol- Bolton Wanderers actually have an enormous, beautiful stadium. Well, that's because they were in the Premier League for a very yeah, long they, time. Yeah, and they thought they were going to keep it. Yeah. yeah. For them. Um, let's move to United. <sighs> so late. Anyway, Man United have had a recent resurgence, uh, kind of much like their town partner does. Um, let the January hit, and everybody just is like, let's be superpowers and 
Monstars for City. United's having the same effect. Uh, I think it comes down to the fact that Hoyland is finally scoring, not finally scoring, being more productive in his striker manner. Have you seen the clip where it was Marcus Rashford pressing, air quotes for listeners, uh, Ross Barkley? It was the laziest thing I've ever seen. He might as well have been a mail post out there, and he probably would have done a better better job. He kind of just like, you know, in FIFA when you hit when you ask for like a double team with your with your teammate partner, and you hit and the one guy just gets dribbled around immediately. Exactly, and that's exactly what happened. With it was the most embarrassing thing. And I don't double team so much in FIFA because I was so sick of that happening. I forgot that you could call for a double team. Yeah, it's it's, it's been that many successive years. <laughs> I I just happen to remember it's one of those. Weird so I'm I'm looking back over this resurgent United. Sure, sure, as you should. There's the Villa match on Boxing Day. Gross, but yes, it happened. Which I still don't understand how that happened. Don't know. I was I left the bar. I was not feeling ill. I was feeling ill, and it wasn't the United Blues. Villa Blues. Yeah, you you went hard. You went real hard, real fast that day. Yep. Uh, Forest. They lost. They beat Wigan in the FA Cup. Whoop de do. Two two draw against Spurs, which I mean ain't nothing. They beat Newport in the FA Cup. Cool. They had a seven-goal thriller against Wolves. Hold on. They had to come back and win against Newport. Yeah, still 4-2. They had a seven-game thriller against Wolves. Yeah, they did. They beat West Ham 3-0. Like, who doesn't nowadays? Yeah. Yep. Beat Villa again. Yeah, that one was painful. Too. That's weird to me. And then they, they've beaten Luton. They even and, like, they're going to have Fulham, and they're going to have Forrest coming up again. Forrest in the FA Cup this time. Yeah, Fulham at Old Trafford. They probably win that match. Yeah, oh yeah. But after this is match week twenty five. So after match week twenty seven, when they're away to the Eddie had, I think we're back to talking about same old United. Yeah, they just went through a nice stretch where they're like Hoyland started scoring and they started looking better. So everyone went. Oh, hey, United's back. And then you look at the table and you're like, oh, wow, they're really not that separated. Mm -hmm. And the truth is they're not really all that separated from fifth and fourth. But there's six points between Villa and Arsenal. Seven between City and 11 between Villa and Liverpool, again, with a game in hand. So eight if Villa win. I just I don't I don't know I agree they're playing better they're definitely yes. playing better. Um, Hoyland is finally scoring. They've got Garnacho playing in a position. That so you know John, the City fan at Beer Garden. Yes, I do. He has a bet with Nick from the Albany Gooners that Hoyland won't even score ten league goals. Oh, that's looking pretty hard. My fucking god! I wish he had said that to me. I could have made some money. <laughs> I don't even bet, but even I would have taken that. Because the issue, the issue with United, is where do the goals come from? Yep. You know, it's and it's been Rashford for a long time. Yep. It's not Anthony, nope. and they're not so bad that they're not going to score. Right. I mean, I'm yep. not. Hoyland's better than Holland, but no. I just, 
I don't know. To say he wasn't going to get goals is so weird to me. He was the only guy who was going to get goals. Uh, it just, I don't know. And he scored in one, two, three, four, five, scored six. Five. He scored in six consecutive matches. Yeah. And a couple. Uh, of and seven of his last eight. He scored in both Villa matches. He didn't score in the Wigan match. He scored in the Tottenham match, the Newport match, the Wolves match, the West Ham match, and he had both goals against Luton. I, was it you that I was talking with? I'm sorry. So when I say when it was Rat, we also have Woodsy as well. So I, some conversations yeah. I don't remember, and they blend together because I think we're smart individuals and we talk about smart things. Anyway. Not nearly um, as much of a homer. That's all I got to say to that. Um I forgot where I was running with this. Dang it. We were talking about Hoyland and constantly scoring. Oh, no. It wasn't even had to do with that. Okay, I got it. It was the fact that they, somebody had said that they're starting to believe in the fact that Eric Ten Hag is leaning into the counterattacking and not so much a high press anymore and i think it was you that might have said it i'm not entirely sure so i'm just going to continue on and i think that the counter-attacking style is a better fit for this current team than a high press like city or villa or arsenal or even liverpool um not even or liverpool liverpool definitely does it most than any other team but the point is is they're a different style and they finally understand their identity I think that's where they're starting to get more of their goals. They're they're sucking teams in and they're using their speed to break out from those the defensive shell to them. they they could also just finally be playing well enough. I, so the, if I if I say counterattacking teams in the Premier League over the last three years, who do you think of? Um, Spurs. I think of. Just a second, sorry. I would think of Brentford, and I would also think of I mean, I had Spurs and I, Brentford, so I don't I'm need not, you to come up with a third. I well, I, we, we I would already say Everton, agreed. to be honest, Everton. No, Everton. Everton could be another one. So, or, Brentford. Brentford. So, when you look at Spurs over the past couple seasons, the way they're playing now with Ange is a very specific way with a high line, right? Yes. But if you talk about the two years before then, what made Spurs so good on the counterattack? The fact that they would suck teams in and then had Harry Kane and Harry Kane who could always find each other. Yes. I'm pretty sure they have GPS trackers on each other. Like, I think, I think think Harry Kane, I think Harry, no, no, I think right (laughs) now in Bayern or in Munich, Harry Kane could be, someone could be like, hey, do you know where Sun is? And Harry Kane would just point, be like, that direction. <laughs> that direction. <laughs> they always knew where to find each other, right? That's true. And then you look at Brentford, and Brentford was a team that invited pressure, and then with Mbwemo and Tony, mm-hmm. countered. And then you look at Everton, and Everton was a team that could only score on the counter. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? They played a low block. So when you play a low block and you get goals, you're scoring on counters and corners. You know, so when people say he's finally leaning in to the Manchester United match, it's kind of like what Woodsy posted in the chat right after the, oh, what did Arsenal do? Why did Arsenal stop playing the way they did that made them score 11 goals? It's like, we didn't have it tonight for a lot of reasons. Part of it is Porto played up. I'm not trying to make a bunch of excuses. Porto played very good. <clears throat> but when you don't play well, people go, why did you play different? It's like, no, nah, I didn't play different, man. I just didn't have it tonight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's a lot of what's going on with United because when United had huge matches last year, lots of corner goals. When United, I mean, even, even earlier this year, the Rashford goal that he scored that they scored against Arsenal to go up one gold nil was a counter. And then the almost Garnacho goal yeah. that got called for offside was a straight counter. I think he's been wanting to do it. I don't think his team has just been executing. Okay. And again, enough. everyone's going to look at this and say, oh, Eric Ten Hag, I love the song. You know, ETH is a clown. I get it. I love the song. But just like with Hodgson, who we're not going to get to, Probably. but just like with Hodgson, the problem with Man United is not Eric Ten Hag. Nor was it Jose Mourinho. I don't even think Nor was it David Moyes. I, I don't even think it's the Glazers. Can I? I I'm going to go out and say that. It's not the Glazers either. They've pumped in so much money. It's not just it's about the, throwing money at on, the problem. Hold on, stop. Hold on. It's not the Glazers because they fund how, what they need. It's the recruitment. in which, which, as the owner, it's your job to get better people in. Okay. Which is that, what the Cronkies have done. That's fine. I they can take It's what FSG did. FSG they, took over Liverpool and decided we're not messing around anymore. We're going to go get the best scouts. We're going to get the best deal that New Balance has ever given anyone ever. We're going to go get Jurgen Klopp. We're going to go do these things. You look at the Cronkies. When the Cronkies finally had sole control of Arsenal, Sven Milsant, gone. Raul Sinehi, gone. And you look at the Glaziers. Well, we'll keep firing managers, baby. But we're going to have all the same people. When you're the owner and the team doesn't perform, it's your job to find the right people to get them to perform. So while I while I agree with you, it is recruitment and it is the rest of the front office that's the issue. It's the playing you paid for Paul Pogba twice. Yeah, I had a thought run through my head. If they don't pay for Paul Pogba the second time, I think they have another Premier League in them. If they use that money in a smarter way, yeah, yeah, I literally, I really think that they get another Prem. But. It's your job to get rid of the people who do that and then to replace them with people who are better at their jobs. Okay, that's fair. I I will take that. I, I just think that they also... Uh, the money is not distributed, no. distributed properly while they're firing and hiring managers. And buying the wrong players, they could be looking to spend internally. Is that fair? Yes. Yes. But that's up to the Glaziers to do. Uh, yes. That is what and it, it's the same thing that happened with Arsenal. All right. So Ferguson left and they immediately fell apart. Why? Ferguson was that football club. Yes. He ran everything. He was the Bill Belichick. He really was. He was the general manager. He was the cut manager. He did everything. You talk about guys getting people, he did everything. Yes. Arsenal did the same thing when Wenger left. Mm-hmm. 
and we got bad people to replace him. Sonia, he did not do a good job. Sven did not do a good job. But we looked at him and went, this isn't working, and this is the issue. Unai Emery was not the issue. In fact, I think a big reason why we got rid of Unai Emery, and I love Mick Arteta, and I'm really glad we had him, but I think a big reason why we got rid of Unai Emery was because it was untenable when we had him. If we gave Unai this team, I'm not sure that we perform better, but we definitely don't perform the way we did under him. You know? Oh, yeah. It's just so many people look at the manager, and it's it's just... Well, he's the figure out there that everybody thinks that it comes down to. And Ferguson and uh, Wenger in the Premier League and other managers. But Zidane was not out there signing... He didn't sign Modric. He didn't sign Ronaldo. He didn't sign those guys. Mm-hmm. He managed them. He taught them how to win. Mm-hmm. And that's important. But you're, you're right. United's biggest problem. I think United's biggest problem is that they have too much money. They don't care. We'll just spend it. The quality that they're, they just don't know what quality is. They just go out and spend for it. We'll just spend it, baby. That's yeah, fair. Oh, we'll just go get Casemiro. It's fine. Mm-hmm. That worked for oh, us. We'll just go get Lissandra Martinez. It's fine. Yep, that'll do. I mean, it won't do because currently they're not doing. They're doing okay. They could be doing better, but you know who else could be doing better? People who follow us. That's how I'm going to wrap this up. We're done. <laughs> Wait, I also that appreciate. Makes it sound like they could follow a better podcast. Oh, that's sad. We are the better. Yeah, I know, right? You're the one who said it, though. Jesus. (laughs) I don't even know how to close this anymore. Hold on. Well, anyway, that's been another episode. Swinging is falling down. Oh, no, that's sad. Aaron Slater's a fucking clown. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. recording right now. (laughs) (laughs) There's no recovering from this. Financially or mentally, I'm gonna. You guys won't see me anymore. Bye. Right, not really Conway's not much better. <laughs> I don't know how to finish it though. That's my issue. Yeah, no, it's it's tough. It's tough, especially when you put it on the spot. That was pretty impressive. I'm not gonna lie. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, we thank you for spending the last hour and six minutes with us. Also, so- this is as good as soccer yeah. slash football punditry gets. Do not look anywhere else. We are the. You bar. cannot do better. We are the ceiling. You can't break the ceiling. <laughs> oh yes, we appreciate you guys for hanging out with us. If uh, you guys could like, subscribe, follow, comment, engage with us, this, that would be fantastic. We love engaging with our fans. We love engaging with new people. Catch us out on all platforms, so on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, not Twitter, because it's not called Twitter anymore. It's called X. We're not on that. Or Threads. So catch us on there. You can see us so on it's Twitter. Twitter in my heart, but I never had Twitter in my heart. So We've, We're on Spotify, um, wherever Anchor drops. I think that's most places everywhere, to be honest. iHeartRadio. Uh-huh. Even Apple Podcasts, it's, we're out there, too. So... Um, don't don't wait. Dial eight. I don't know if I I don't know why I went there. Anyway, wow, you are old. I yeah, man, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, 
that's been another episode of Swinging at Shins. Don't forget to tip your bartenders. Adios. Peace. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. Links for anything that you could be interested in, whether it's the YouTube channel, our podcast links, our social media links, everything's in the description below. Thank you very much for listening.